What's going on, fam? This is K.R. Jones of the Off The Strength Podcast, and I am here to tell you to like, listen, subscribe, and if you're feeling freaky, visit offthestrength.com. That's where you can go and get more information on us. That's where we can link, we can build, we can connect, and let's make this thing work. Your constraints breeds creativity. You learn how to maneuver with those constraints. I think all of the conversations I've been having with the universes, the universe has been listening and understanding the mission of Wolf University is providing knowledge beyond the classroom to, to young people. And specifically young people because how can we help them do what we did faster and smarter? Understanding that the students are our customers. You have to know how to serve your customer. And your student is your customer. Your lesson plan is your product. And if there isn't a product market fit, the customer is not going to be happy or not going to be engaged. I made sure that I had the most fire product. <laughs> give, I got that fire. I got that fire. What's good, everybody? What's good? Welcome back to yet another episode of Off the Strength, where we're giving you the inside look into all things wellness culture. I'm a trainer called Tony, and of course, with me, I got a gentleman of extraordinary league. K.R. Jones is in the building. That's right, folks. We are back. And ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, listeners of all type from there and far, you are now in store for a treat. Ain't that right, Brother Jones? You goddamn right, Brother We got Tony. a returning friend of the show coming back through inside here. This seems to be a theme. Man, yo, we, we making friends out here, Kyle. Connecting the dots. We are. Now, people might have not caught the last episode when this brother came on. And he was teaching us some very key, distinct differences about being a brand versus a business out here, man. Then, you know, we went from that position and I got a chance to meet that brother on that side. But then people might not even know that this brother became a part of the bike constituency out there. Yeah, yeah. You know, you got to shout out his official night rider that's coming inside here with us, too, man. And I'm saying all around, brother, he's been somebody who has checked in on me before the craziness with the leg during the whole lockdown situation i got a chance to really see this brother and talk to him on a weekly basis so this is a friend a pal and a confidant i'm gonna go ahead let's make some noise for winston peters one more time son let's make some noise what's thank going you, on brother you, how you feeling you. what do i owe what's the invoice for that didn't man you yeah. owe nothing sir you've provided all the inspiration possible i'm just happy to see my brother in real life right now man off the strength likewise happy to be here happy Hell to see yeah. both y'all in person for sure now brother jones 
What's the word? I'm not going to lead too much into my brother Winston over here just yet, man. Okay. But there might be some new people because we are getting some new followers. This is true. Shout out to the new followers. Shout out to all the new followers all on that side. They might not have caught that first episode, man. They probably you wanna, didn't. You want to break this out a little bit, how we get into this? Before we even get into that, we got to send them back to the first episode, right? Tell them to go back. Go back and, and check out that so you can get your, your business mind right, your entrepreneur mind right, you know what I'm saying? And really to put your best foot forward, right? We got to. So Winston, you know, it's been a while since we touched down on the mic. The way we start this off, again, to reiterate to the folks that don't know. Where were you when you fell in love with this thing we call wellness? I was in middle school where I fell in love with this thing called wellness. I was playing sports and very competitive, competitive by nature, whether we're playing checkers or volleyball or basketball. It's like, okay, I just wanted to be better. And playing volleyball, playing basketball, playing tennis, that's like, okay, I have to get my body right to to be able to compete at the level that I, that I want to win. Understood. Now, I'm also going to throw this to you. Where were you when you fell in love with the business side of things? Definitely elementary school, which I mentioned on the first episode yeah, man. as well. I won't mention the year, but I, there was there was <laughs> there was a corner store a block away from my elementary school, and I had to walk to school where a lot of my friends they were taking the bus or their parents were dropping them off, so they didn't have chance an opportunity to go to the corner store to get their sour power to get whatever Jolly Ranchers, their blow pops, whatever. So I would go to the bodega with my dollar, you know, buy as many sour power as I as I possibly could, and sell them in school for a premium price because hey, supply and demand. Supply, maybe. It's a premium service you offer. You know, exactly. Can't I'm, get these down the block. I'm here. I'm here. So <laughs> saving you time. Saving you time. Offering convenience. Exactly. All of those things that I didn't know at nine years old I was offering to my student friends you see those seeds plant early on and then the maturation of you going into marketing and the branding being a founding partner in my uber life and wolf university all of these things culminating into who you are presenting here before us today uh, start this off much like how you walked in here and asking us about how our health has been and how many of our conversations before we jump into the deepest of deep when we're sharing soul stories over here, Winston. Gotta let the good people know how you feel and where you are at just in your presence today. Thank you for that. It is a practice that I do, a ritual that I do, whether it's a meeting with a client or my classroom of students is I definitely want to check on the energy. So thank you for that. Me, I'm in a very good space right now. Some challenging times in terms of all of the good opportunities, a lot of productivity, but energy level is good, very focused, and eager for the new challenges that await. That's where I'm at right now. Man, let's get into some of those new challenges, my brother. I remember an early call that we had during this whole quarantine thing, man. A lot of people were making adjustments. I know people were shifting businesses. You know, we had ideas and deals coming into our direction that just didn't follow through all the way because the whole world kind of in our sector kind of came into stop pretty much. People were forced to make a pivot. People were forced to look into themselves to try to generate their own businesses. So you had a lot of first time entrepreneurs and a lot of people realistically had to learn some very hard lessons along that pathway. And, you know, I think 
if we had more opportunities for people to have exposures to what success could look like, it would end up giving you a better result in the net end of that. So Winston, I remember us talking and I remember you talking about how you were starting to really be concerned with that as a as a mission on its own. Definitely the pandemic, early 2020, March of 2020, no one knew what the hell was going on. At all. At, at all. Where, <laughs> at all. Where, where the, how everything was going to just shift, stop, whatever you want to call it. And it made things clear that very simply, if you had one revenue stream that was too close to no revenue stream, <laughs> too, close to, too close to zero revenue stream. It was stream. none. Yeah. yeah. One and none. <laughs> and things something that we talk about being within the wellness industry that individuals are just one trick ponies. So what happens when you have one leg and it gets chopped off? You can't move. So it just... It made us think in my life and, and our clients, like, how can we be anti-fragile? Because, again, a lot of businesses either stopped, slowed down, don't exist anymore. So it made us think, about well, what are the other things that we can do? How can we empower our community? How can we empower our clients as well as empower and encourage ourselves to navigate these uncharted waters that we are facing? There were a lot of blessings during the pandemic. One being just, it was a good pause for, for the planet. Yeah, for sure. One, it was the first time in 30 years that you were able to see the Himalayas. That's crazy. Because everyone was in quarantine inside. All the pollution and everything. But something that, a negative impact outside of the obvious during the pandemic was, there was a huge creation of digital junk. People who weren't online before, now they were forced to be online because we have to perfect example of that is art galleries. A lot of art galleries never had an e-commerce platform before. Majority of art galleries don't have an e-commerce because it's uncouth to sell art online if you're a gallery. And now they were forced to. So a whole bunch of people, a whole bunch of brands, a whole bunch of businesses are online who had no clue about how to be online. Yeah. So with that, more blessings. And, and I received the opportunity from my alma mater to actually become a professor, which was like something that us at Wolf University know we're, we provide knowledge outside of the classroom to the next generation of leaders. So that was just probably the next maturation in my progression you know, at Wolf University. So now becoming a first-time marketing professor, adjunct professor at my alma mater in a pandemic, teaching a hybrid class. Half of my students are in person. Half of them are online. It's like, okay, it was truly baptism by fire, going straight, as I tell people, going straight to the league from middle school. <laughs> You know what? The things that tend to come out of that, though, are forged by that fire. The resilience that you have when you have to do it out of necessity in a lot of different ways tend to serve you the long way in life. Or at least those are the things that come across for me as the most valuable times. You know, it's like it was when you had uncertainty that you were able to rely on the things that you had innately true to you. And I totally agree. Your constraints breeds creativity. You learn how to maneuver with those constraints. Can you speak to what it's like to go back to your alma mater? Like that's such a, I would think, a, a joyous opportunity to have to be able to teach people in the environment that you were taught. You know, like what is that like? It's still trippy. <laughs> it's still very trippy. Um, one, because I'm a civil engineer by education. So being a civil engineer, being part of the engineering department as an undergrad now, coming back in the business school teaching marketing and branding, that's a whole shift. And I laugh about it today where some of my professors are now my colleagues. That's crazy. That's crazy. So <laughs> seeing my dean in my engineering department, they're like, now he's my colleague. 
So that's just very interesting seeing that shift. But also going back and think about my experience being a student there, thinking about what I didn't have, mm. what I wish I had, and how can I be that for the students of today? He was talking about Brooklyn and the place Brooklyn was at, how they were really like thriving right now. But he was, you know, he was trying to pull people up with him. And he wasn't even to where he was about to be. He was well on his way. Let's stay there for a second and maybe talk through some of that navigation and, you know, some of the misnomers about just academia at large. I know that I know that's where we met and I know we all talk about the whole college experience, but some people don't know what to expect when they're walking into there or some people don't even have a goal as to what they should be getting out of their college experience when they're walking in. Can you take me through maybe a little bit of what it is today, contemporarily, what you're building right now? For sure. I think today in academia, a lot of academia, the business of education is is taught in a bubble. Okay. They don't account for what the student has to go through before they actually step onto the campus. And even for me as an adolescent, like just thinking about the whole grading system, grades are in a bubble. Think about the student who doesn't come from a a good home dynamic, a good home nucleus. And then the person has to walk through bullies, go walk past drug dealers and, and being harassed by police and being harassed by gangs and then having showing up to school and then having to perform. So sometimes that B or C student is really an A student. They're just tired <laughs> from all of the things that they had to go through just to get to school. Just to get by. Just to get to school. So for me, it is, okay, how can I bring more empathy into the classroom? How can I understand, how can I put myself in my student's shoes so that I can better serve them? Because like similar to how you check in with me, I check in with all of my students before we get into whatever the lesson is. So I can just know what energy I need to give back because a great marketer is always checking in on their customer and my students are my customer. And how can I better serve them? And that's one hallmark sign that I would learn from you actually is a good indication of where that engineering kind of thought comes from too. Because there's empathy in design and understanding why things need to be the way they need to. It's not just about a measure of efficiency. It's about really getting to the true solving of those those problems. So talk to me a little bit more about, you know, when you put yourself in those shoes and you're seeing what the, the gap is, like how did that lead you to, you know, start this new entrepreneurial program? It actually happened last year where, you know, dealing with students who are virtual and asking them for, say, a class or first lecture, like, what is your learning style and what do you want to have in your tool belt once you leave here? And a lot of that was, I want to learn how to market myself. I want to understand how to build my own, my own brand, the brand of me, mm. and as well as how to become an entrepreneur. During the pandemic, it wasn't, okay, I want to have a corporate job or be an entrepreneur. It's, I had to be both. Yeah. Because corporate revenue stream is close to no revenue stream. So I'm going to learn the corporate environment, but also take those corporate structures, corporate best practices, and use that within my own endeavors that I'm doing. And for me, it is also 
bringing in the right people that can relate to these students, to these young people. So bringing in friends, colleagues who are working at you know, Foot Locker, brands that they are familiar working at Complex or what all these contemporary brands that these 18 to 22-year-olds can relate to. And one instance, I brought in a, a colleague from, from Red Bull okay. to come in to be a guest lecturer and just to share her experience at Red Bull, but something we kind of flipped a little bit and offered a case study for the students to do that this individual's marketing VP would actually critique. Getting feedback from someone who's from the industry is, is different from getting feedback from me, even though it might be the same exact feedback. <laughs> it's, I look at it as... It's a like, hundred times better. Getting advice from your parents versus getting advice from that cool aunt or, your, or that cool uncle, they could be saying the same exact thing. But it sounded different when you said it. <laughs> but it sounded different when... It felt even better. Exactly. So even giving the same feedback that I would give it's something like it clicked like wow this is something that that can be beneficial to the school having professionals come in I went to faculty like hey there's something here I need a budget <laughs> I need a budget to make this happen and another good colleague in the school was like okay that's great but here's something bigger that we can do there's a very special alumni donor who wants to contribute to the school that wants to create an entrepreneurial program and definitely want your help building it and what that could look like. And I was like, I'm down. Wow. Sounds very similar to a pitch process that you would have to do to a business outside. How you do one thing, Winston, is how I'm seeing you do a lot of things, right? The parts of it, they lead up to you being able to execute at the level that you do because you know the process end to end. But just even thinking about the potential impact that that whole process can bring about and having an actual endowment be put together because of the thought that you started with only not even a full two years ago. What does that make you feel like when you realize that this is actually starting to pick up some speed and it's taking off? I think all of the conversations I've been having with the universe, the universe has been listening. Understanding the mission of Wolf University is providing knowledge beyond the classroom to to young people and specifically young people because how can we help them to do what we did faster and smarter? That's really the goal. How can we give them the smart hacks? the smart cuts to streamline the process and understanding that the students are our customers and breaking it down to the most empirical form using my engineering background is I'm a firm believer that every professor should take a marketing class. No matter if you teach biology, if you teach engineering, every professor to take a marketing class because you have to know how to serve your customer and your student is your customer. Your lesson plan is your product. And if there isn't a product market fit, the customer is not going to be happy or not going to be engaged. I made sure that I had the most fire product. <laughs> to give I got to, that fire. I got that fire <laughs> to give to my students to, to make them like, okay, this is the guy. This is the brand that I want. I want to be around. I am so inspired by hearing that language to recognize the students as customers. I could tell that you might say that to some people and they might have like a little bit of a, wait a minute, hold on. What, what do you mean? I wish that somebody spoke with that level of transparency. 
to the entirety of how that that transaction should be looked at and valued. It is the business of education. Yes. If you strip it all down, they are the customers providing revenue. So for me, talking to faculty and really shaking the tree a little bit, it really is like, okay, if they are paying 150 racks for an education for four years, they're looking to 2X or 3X that on the way out. If they don't see a direct ROI on that, good luck trying to make them donors. So now you get your degree tattooed on your back. You're so excited about it. After several interviews, oh my God, you'll come in at an entry-level position. If you kiss enough ass, you'll move up to the next level, which is being a secretary's secretary. In the speed. For me, it's looking at it in a very business concept, like, okay, what is the lifetime value of your customer, of the student? It could be four years, and that's it, or it could be 25 years with them being donors, because there's a real ROI on the value that you give them on the education. Man, Kyle, I wish we could have had a redo on this whole college experience. Go back, right? <laughs> Can I take a, take a step back in time, but... You know, I, I want to take this this time to, to really just celebrate you and, and what you're doing and, and what you are offering, to even just the mindset before the action is even taking place. Like, I'm thinking about when I was in college and I, my professor did bring a guest lecture in and the guest lecturer, no lie, became a friend of mine. And he later down the line offered me a job that I wouldn't have had had that guest lecture not taken place, you know, so... Things like that really do make a difference. Now, as I'm, I'm hearing this and I'm thinking about marketing, I'm just curious as to, you know, can you pinpoint that moment when you realized marketing was a thing and when it shifted from just, OK, this is a thing. This is everything. This is what I need to focus on. I realized marketing was a thing standing online at a club. Mark- Talk about it. <laughs> Either you're you're number forty on the line, mm-hmm. or you don't wait on the line. You just walk right past. Or you walk past the whole. I don't line. do lines. I, I walk to the front. <laughs> Some people say lines are against their religion. For sure, <laughs> I, I agree a hundred percent. So it was like, what is your value in the market? How do you present yourself in a way that has a perceived value? Talking to the students, I tell them first day, you are marketing to me whether you know it or not. Subconsciously, non-verbally, you are marketing to me. And understanding that marketing is everything. You like you do it once you wake up in the morning. All of your life choices is marketing. From your shoes, your pants, your hat, the way you wear your hat is how you want to be perceived. So you are you are sending messages to the world about how you want to be perceived. Bringing that into the classroom, letting students know like every day you're marking to me. Sometimes you're telling me something very, very negative. (laughs) Sometimes you're telling me something very positive, but just know that be aware of the energy that you're giving off because that is your brand. That's who you're presenting yourself to be. Now, my follow-up question to that, what you said that stuck out to me was smart cuts, right? That's a term I've never heard before, but like I'm conditioned to shortcuts and people taking shortcuts. When you, when you think of smart cuts and, you know, helping students get to that point faster, get from A to B faster than we did growing up, you know, where does that side of you come from? Because you could very much just be the marketer and like, you know what? I'm going to be me. I'm going to work for me. But where does this, you know, uh, I guess uh, philanthropic side come from to want to give back? Great question. 
Shortcuts is trying to get from point A to point B without knowing the whole process, where there might be some collateral damage in between. Usually I, is when you're trying to cut out some steps. Something's <laughs> lost. <laughs> something's lost. A, a smart cut is knowing the process, but knowing where you can actually skip steps and knowing where the risk actually is. Being able to give the smart cuts to students because one, I was a mentee before. I mean, that's how I got into my alma mater. Somebody on the board of directors wrote my letter of recommendation. Mm. So I was like, it was two lines. <laughs> and it was like, okay, I got the, I had the easy pass into school. So all the different stages of, of myself, I've always had an advocate. I always had a sponsor. So how can I pay that back? How can I be that for someone else? How can I make someone's process shorter and faster and smarter than mine? Because I've had so much of that within my life and my career. I think it's just paying it forward in terms of me wanting to give the best to the student because I received so much. What do you think the result of that will be? Or what are you hopeful that the result of that will be? Business builders, marketers, having more empathy, understanding culture better. Another result of that would be having a tribe because I feel that it is this mutually beneficial relationship in terms of if I teach you something, if I give you the roadmap, give you the hacks, like, you know what? Now you helping me learn something new. You might put me onto a new software or a new app or a smarter way of using a certain type of program. That makes me become more relevant. He's my stock high. So it is this circle that I'm creating right now where I'm helping you streamline the process, but you're keeping me young at the same time as well. And it goes right into that whole idea of that anti-fragility, right? Because the system, if you can rely on the whole system to be sustainable, then all the efforts that are happening in between that are sustainable, right? So one leg could fall off and, you know, everything else could still be able to hold in. I, I love that. Exactly. Because even for me, like one of my one of my biggest sponsors was my dean of, of engineering, probably one of the, the coolest professors you'll ever meet in your life, who is still a professor Right now, he has a tribe of at least 200, 300 students who he could call though at a drop of a hat to do anything for him. That's the model. Like, okay, now, and I'm still learning from him today. I'm creating my tribe that I could call on for anything. I love that, man. I mean, it makes a lot of sense when, when you speak of, you know, just the concept of having students be the customer, like then you'll forever have a customer. If I keep this customer wanting to come back, I mean, it, it, it's networking. It's all the things mixed in one that to continue to grow. You know, I, I think about marketing as a whole and like, well, like Tony said before that the entrepreneurialism, like everybody taking that swing at entrepreneurialism after the pandemic, you know, for the person that doesn't know anything about business and just getting into business, I feel like the world is so oversaturated with information because you get into, like you said, there's this junk out there. How do you decipher between good marketing advice and bad marketing advice or you know like where do you draw that discernment between this is something that i should actually learn from or this is probably just somebody blowing smoke again it's comments <laughs> always look at the comments but also it's always understanding what is your end goal that you're trying to achieve and reverse engineering that success because if you don't have an end goal you're just going to pull from everywhere for information but if you have a clear focus okay this is my end goal what are the smaller steps the smaller boulders that i could break down this big goal to get me to this end goal 
as I say my name. First class fight to LA as soon as I land on a paper plane. Soon touch back in the ends, 110 on the M trying to take a chase. Big fat stack in my bag when I unzip that for the make it rain. Call when we run down this rain. Right wrist and left wrist that's rain. She said walk on, what's going on? Why am I wet? Girl that's rain. Call when we run down this rain. Right wrist and left wrist that's rain. She said walk on, what's going on? Why am I wet? Girl that's rain. Then you start really analyzing, creating your own formula. This small step, this small goal is going to help me get to this midterm goal. It's going to help me get to this final goal. And finding the information that speaks to that and understanding why you're doing what you're doing. That really helps me. And, and when I advise that to my clients, I'm like, okay, that really is the lens that you're looking at, evaluating all types of information, your clients, what you're trying to take in and what you're trying to build. That helps you really discern what is for you. It's all subjective. Yeah, true. It could definitely be. I've always had the problem for myself, Winston, and this is something that you remind me of constantly. <laughs> I think I always knew what the end result was going to be. I kind of always knew what the end goal was, but I probably approached it a bit early. So my issue, I think, always came back to translation. And I would imagine that a new era of entrepreneurs coming into this coming from not necessarily the one linear path that was shown before what success could look like. Now everybody could see themselves starting a business overnight, seemingly, right? If you can take your skill set, you can promote it and you can do, you know, the, the base things that we've been talking about, you can kind of move into that right direction for yourself. But you might find a space where your product market fit might be eluding you because you have a translation issue. I'm always trying to make sure that I keep it simplified. Keep it you're, down, simple. you're, doing, you're doing a little too much right now. You put too much sauce on it. It's, it's all the way out here. Pull it back inside. And I love them every time you tell me that because it's like, yeah, man, but I can see why I want to give it to them like this, Winston, but my translation. My words don't do any good if people can't understand it. I got to make sure that I get back to that. How are you helping this next generation of entrepreneurs understand how valuable translating that that element is going to be. I mean, it is, I think, simplification is genius. Yeah. It, it is simplification. It does not mean watered down. Mm -hmm. So that's, there's a misconception like, oh, if you're making something super simple that it's watered down. No, sim simplification is actually genius. If you're able to translate something that everyone can digest, that is the goal. And for me, it's always breaking things down into its most empirical form taking away all of the meats and potatoes, taking away all of the, the garland. Like what, what are we trying to achieve in its most empirical form? Perfect example of that. People like have a huge definition of what a business actually is. Bringing it down into its most empirical form, a business is five things in its most empirical form. Whether you sell Jordans, whether you sell Supreme, whether you sell iPhones, whether you sell BMWs, it is solving a problem, or creating value. Two, for someone else, not yourself. <laughs> Remember that. <laughs> it's most important. Three, at a price that they're willing to pay. Four, that meets or exceeds their expectations. Five, delivered and fulfilled in such a way where you make a profit. That's a business. Whether you sell art, whether you sell iPhones, whether you resell sneakers. And that's your building block. That's your foundation. Okay, how can we make this as simple and as empirical as possible? And then you can put on the colorful language later so that one, you know it and that you can communicate it as well. And that's really started the process for me in, in this entrepreneurial endeavor that, that I'm building at the school. Keeping it simple, Kyle. Very simple, right? I'm, I'm thinking about... You know, as you're talking, I'm thinking about the psychology behind marketing, but behind business. 
you know, what could you say to a person to to get their mind right? Because I feel like a lot of times people can outthink or overthink themselves out of a situation. And, you know, even just the, the idea of if I'm a professor and my students are my customer, you know, like how do you get to that mindset of this is where I need to be in order to grow and build on top of? Understanding one, that you're dealing with people. They're not customer segments. They're not target markets. <laughs> you know, you know, the Interest groups. They're not. None of that. It's not a percentage. None of that. Percentage, just yeah. demographic. Like you're, you're dealing with human beings with needs, aspirations, wants, desires, and pain points. And you have to really understand, again, having empathy and putting yourself in their shoes and understanding what, what are their needs, what are their aspirations, what are their wants, what are their desires, what are their pain points, and understand the type of people that you're trying to engage with. What is what is their culture? As we have seen, people fumble the ball, fumble the bag. <laughs> numerous <laughs> occasions. Numerous, numerous <laughs> of times because they don't, they don't take the time to understand or engage with cultural groups that really understand nuance. To be a market today, you have to understand nuance. To understand that maybe the person that buys an off-white sneaker, it might be totally different customer person who buys a, a Fear of God sneaker. It isn't all just sneaker culture or streetwear. It's like there there is nuance. Mm. And taking the time to understand or wanting and wanting to understand the nuance right now is one of the most important things in, in marketing is Empathy, understanding culture, those are the two superpowers that every marketer should have in terms of putting themselves out there or, or their business out there. I understand how imperative empathy is and I understand how much you use that lens to like be in service. But I, I would also imagine, and I have to check in on this, that my brother, if you're doing so much for you know the systems that are around you and for the people and the, the students and the minds that you're shaping and all the rest of that stuff, I would hope that you turn that lens back inside and, and reflectively you're able to find that empathy for yourself too. Like when, when you need to recharge and when you need to refresh, how you go about doing that? Um, one part of my recharge is actually seeing the light bulb go off in, in the student's head. I'm like, okay, I got through to this. I got through to this one. That's a switch. <laughs> That's and a, I know exactly what you're talking about. You see a switch. That, that aha moment. <laughs> aha moment. Like, you know, this one, this one gets it. This one, this one is, mm -hmm. is going places. But for me, one, I have to thank you because during the pandemic, I wasn't really as super active and you brought me out to shout out to the night Riders for a bike ride. You know, I have, I have, you know, a bike that was sitting around for a couple of years, but Really, for me, my recharge is actually working out. That's my meditation. Like, bike riding is my meditation. It's, it's one of those few times when no one can talk to you. <laughs> and <laughs> in the zone. You, and you're just in the zone by yourself and just focused on you. Focused on my body, focused on my spirit, focused on my mind. And that is, for me, that is my recharge to be able to go back and consult with my clients, to go back and teach my lecture or go back and deal with students within the, within the entrepreneurial program as well. Man, I love every part of that, bro. Getting it vibe with the tribe reset. You understand, Kyle? We brought it all it's together. Rhyme so bad every I, time. I, but it just makes sense to me, man. It makes my heart happy. Winston, again, uh, well, we appreciate you for coming here. We, we, we have to continue to celebrate you and, and amplify this this voice that you have and the knowledge that you bring. For the people out there, what, what could you tell them to put their best foot forward, you know, off the strength? What could you say to these folks? What I would offer, take the time just to understand what you are into and figuring out what is your why. And 
also to understand what is the change in the world that you want to see and that you want to be as well. Because that right there is a spark. You might not be fulfilled at your job. You might not be the best times within your entrepreneurial endeavor, but like really understand like what is the change in the world that you want to see and how do you want to be a part of that impact? To really set the motors to start that fire, rekindle that fire again. What would you say success looks like both for the program as it's coming together and, and as it's going into, you know, full swing this semester? And then separately, what would you say success looks like for yourself? Success for the entrepreneurial program, which is called Entrepreneurs at MC at Mahan College. I'll take a step back. A lot of entrepreneurial programs, a lot of innovation labs around the country in institutions, they keep the technology within the four walls, whatever the IP patents, it stays within the four walls of the institution or it goes jumps right into corporate America. These patents get sold yep. straight into corporations. For me, what success looks like and something that I built into the program is taking some of the acumen, taking some of the IP, taking some of the technology and sharing it with the local small business community in the area to really have a mutually beneficial relationship with the community. Like, okay, you know what? I understand your business has been around for 10, 15 years, but do you really understand you know, your digital footprint? Like, I have a student startup that I can help you with that or your supply chain management, which is supply chain is a whole, whole issue. I think people found out during the pandemic how important understanding logistics that have to go into that changed a lot of uh, perspective. Nike just made an announcement that like, you know, what? our earnings are going to be low this, this, year, this year, everyone, because we're having supply chain issues. Yep. Nike. Going back is for me, success is really one empowering the local small business community and really really having a mutually beneficial relationship with with the community of that area of the Bronx as well as Harlem, Washington Heights, their surrounding surrounding neighborhoods. Look at us, look at this program as a resource. Not just, okay, the college is here and the community is here, actually having a real relationship as well as helping the students because I look at the students in three separate buckets. The students who want to be entrepreneurs, their students who want to learn about entrepreneurship, and then their students just want to work at a startup, really understanding those three buckets and really empowering each one of them to, to reach their goals. It is a new age in terms of how you navigate the collegiate system. It's a new age how you I have to navigate the workforce, you know, gone are the old adages of, you know, you just get this one job and you're going to keep it for 40, 50 years or something like that and be able to retire with a pension. So I'm happy to see that the solution is a multi-pronged solution and it has, you know, the things that you're giving speak to the, the present state of what is going on. And I, I can't say enough about how much I wish that I had that same kind of turn through school too. You and me both. <laughs> I was like, wait a second. How many things would have changed in that path, Kyle? <laughs> yeah, it, it, again, it's having having real conversations and letting them know, okay, what what do you want? What do you want to learn? Okay, word? Okay, you know what? I'm, I'm going to figure out how to create this product for you. I love every part that I hear about this, and it, it restores my hope for the next wave that's going to come after we've passed this down <laughs> and, and multiple phases through. You know, the next wave of academia seems like they're going to be going in the right direction as long as they follow my good brother over on this side. Yeah. Hopefully. Thank you. I don't even I don't even know if I would have had the the verbiage to say what I would want 
at such a young age, you know, and thinking about marketing, like I, I could maybe be like, you know what, I just want to have this, like, you know, uh, something tangible, but I don't know if I could express enough skill. There is a school divide. One, there's the school of setting students up just to pass standardized exams. Yep. And then there is the school of helping you think boldly, helping you discover, helping you explore. Definitely you have to mold the two. I'm of the mindset, I'm of the school of helping you think boldly, helping you explore, helping you discover, helping you understand the world. And that, and that's to your point of like, from that, from that perspective, now you can ask those questions of, I'm curious about this. I might not know everything about it, but now, now there's, there's a spark. Now creating that spark is the most important thing. You give people power with that challenging them to see that there's an opportunity that you might not have been able to see beforehand, you know, and Winston, the fact that you do that is something that is beyond inspirational. Again, my brother, I just want to say that it is always going to be something that I hold to the highest of regard, the type of man that you are, the principal and the character that you walk with and the things that you do with the information that you have. It would be so easy for you to keep it behind the fence, but you keep sharing it, my brother. And I really do got to just champion you again for doing that, man. You got you got to share it. You have to. Yeah. I have to. Right on, man. So, Winston, I know that there's going to be all types of people that want to follow and want to understand what's going on with everything that you got going on. Can you please give them how they can keep up with you, how they can see what's going on next and what the next evolution is going to be? For sure. You can follow My Uber Life on Instagram, Twitter, Wolf University, W-U-L-F University, as well as follow me at Wince P W I N C E P underscore of M-U-L. My brother. You find everything you need. And you're going to see him on his bike, too, when he's getting his meditation on. But don't mess with the man. Don't say nothing recharge. <laughs> Good vibes only on that side, man. Again, brother, always a pleasure. Thank you so much. And I can't wait until we get to connect again. Sure. And hopefully I'll be riding with you soon, man. Soon, man. Soon. Hopefully, hopefully. Thank you. Thank you. Once again, this has been another fantastic episode of Off the Strength from the Trainer Call Tony. K.R. Jones. Peace and much love to y'all out there. Until next time, we'll see you soon. What's good, everybody? I'm a trainer called Tony, and I am here from the infamous Office Train Podcast asking you today, listeners, viewers, wherever you may be, to please like, listen, and subscribe to our podcast. This is how we're going to continue to be able to deliver you the best goddamn wellness information out here. So if you want to keep hearing this and you want us to keep growing, you are a part of this show just as much as anything else. So please go to OffTheStrength.com. Make sure you check out our blogs. Make sure you check us out on IG. And if you're hearing this voice and you didn't hit that subscribe button, know that Kyle is going to come looking for you. (laughs) You got that right.